Hey, welcome to the Generation Podcast. We're here with Studio G with A.A. Ron. Hello. So now A.A. Ron is officially a stand-up comic. Not quite, but... Hey, you do it once, man. You know, it doesn't mean you're I've... a good one. It's just yeah. that you're a stand-up now. Yeah, I think, and I have once again forgot to put my phone on silent. Thank oh, you okay. for You're, reminding me. There's no me. silencing Aaron's many suitors. Yeah, thank you. No, I don't have a lot of suitors, so it's not <laughs> put it that so, way. So, uh, what um, did it feel like to be up there on the mic? Yeah, first of all, I would not consider myself a stand-up at all. Yeah. Um, I think that it was really, really difficult to finally take that step and get up there. Um, so... Basically, I, I, I can take you like from the top, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, I had been aware of this spot for a while that they did open mics several nights a week, you know, with basically a whole, what I learned, a whole range of comics there. So, oh, yeah. there was there was no one else that I could tell it was their first time. So, um, and a few people after I got off, I'm jumping around a little bit, but a few people after I got off said that they couldn't tell it was my first time. They said they could tell I was new to it, but they wouldn't have had any idea it was my first time. Probably just something that open micros say to each other to be nice. I mean, it wasn't, like, competitive. No, they avoid each other if they don't like the set. So, yeah, I mean, I wasn't avoided by everybody after, so that was good. Um, But uh, you get there... You go up to the, you know, the guy with the weirdest hair who seems to always be the guy who organizes it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it's like a Mexican... So it's just like a show crashing, yeah. It, was, it reminded me... Yeah, it was just like crashing, <laughs> basically, hair, yeah. which um, I think I told you the was on the podcast last time. I yeah. was like a big reason, actually, why I took this step. Oh. So um, it was just... I really liked that show, and it kind of spoke to me, and I've been thinking about doing this for years. And I... So I went with... What I thought was seven minutes worth of material. Yeah. Um, so after waiting like about two hours to get onto the stage, um, felt like forever, but mm-hmm. like a um, couple hours, I finally got on. I thought I had about seven minutes of material. Turned out it was four. Which yeah, that's better though. Was even better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, for my first time, I mean, I knew that like when, you, when you're in public, you're going to talk a little quicker. So, you know, like, so, like, I really planned it out. Um, There was a couple awkward silences. I had a couple, I think I over-fucking, over-fucked, if you know what I'm saying. Like, I just used a lot of fucking and, like, tried to, try. I was trying so hard to appear relaxed that I was probably quite opposite of relaxed. I was probably really hyper and needy. And, like... Hey, a comic being needy is a common thing. Yeah, um... But, um, yeah, so, like, overall, I didn't really notice the acts before me. Honestly, it was kind of just like a whoosh of, yeah. like, I was just counting down. I knew how many people were in front of me, so I'm like, that's 19, that's 20. I just, so, um, yeah, I got up there. Um, a few of the jokes I used I've been writing and thinking about to saying for, like, three years yeah. or so. Um, and... Uh, I feel like overall uh, I got some good laughs um, and I also knew before that like the more you do it, you, it's something you have to get up there to get better yeah, at. Yeah. <clears throat> I saw it way clearer afterwards that I needed to get back up there. So um, I was going to go to yesterday, Wednesday, didn't end up going, ended up watching the MSU game, which is a terrible 
terrible. Terrible. You didn't record that shit, right? Yeah, I could have recorded it, and um, I am planning to go tonight. So nice. there's an open mic tonight, nice. and I am planning to go. So um, my goal is to get to the point where I'm doing getting up there five to six times a week. Holy shit, that's so, great, man. You know, that's my eventual goal because I think that's the only way I can get to the next level, which is my own... I, I, I really want to get really good at this if I'm going to try to do it. Yeah. So, and the only way is to get up there and keep doing sets. Um, afterwards, there was like... Um, there was a ventriloquist act who was like oh. amazing... Like yeah, not like that Jeff Dunham guy, but yeah, it was like it was. Well, I like Jeff Dunham, so I mean, you it's, love him. No, you know, I mean, I don't, but you know, like, I thought it was real. You know, I thought this guy was really talented. Um, you know, and uh, there was like then there was like a few other, you know, a few others that really really impressed me, and um, you know, not everybody was the most friendly for sure. Um, well, yeah, I mean, they're comics. Yeah, like it was like my first. It was like my first day of school. There's some of these people have been to open. You know, this is their six hundredth open mic. They're yeah. like, I didn't, you know, really put it together. But there are comics that never become anything but open micers and keep doing that. And there's nothing that an open mic will be like. Oh, you can't keep going. They'll keep playing. So it's like, yeah, of course. Um, you know, and they might give them a shitty slot. Well, I mean, no one has a great slot on an open mic. I mean, you just, yeah, you know. Yeah, it depends on the open mic, I guess. But I they do. make more money when there's like twenty something comics. Yeah, that's true. Um, but uh, it was uh, overall, it was uh, definitely uh, eye opening experience. I will be getting back up there. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Wendy, for the sweet Facebook message. Uh, Hell she, yeah. she reached out to me. She's fucking we're awesome. We're Facebook man. official. We're gonna um, yeah, we're gonna when you when we wrap. Uh, your stand-up stories. We're gonna talk. We're gonna bring in a special piece from Wendy. Oh boy! We got all sorts of stuff on the show. Lots of yeah. This is a jam-packed episode. We're we're a little more clear-headed than last episode. I was high. Sorry, I got Andy way too high. I was high. Um, yeah, that's my bad. I, I no, I went. It's bad really amazing. Like twenty minutes. It's really amazing, like <laughs> marijuana. And speaking of which, I'm gonna take a little hit here. But yeah. uh, it's kind of amazing just the effect that it can have on two people. Because yeah. it really put you kind of commissioned. So maybe you could talk a little bit about <laughs> how you're feeling on Tuesday from what you remember. Oh, God. Uh, I not- only listened to half of it, but I was like, I thought I was fucked. And then I'm listening, and I'm like giggling, and I'm like, it's pretty good. And I was like, I don't remember that part. Exactly. I remember the pain of that day, and I remember the temporary relief for about 10, 15 minutes where I felt great, and I was being really silly out back. And then you remember getting, you know, into kind of what is being high, where you kind of get inside your own head, and you get real introspective. That's the downside for someone like myself who can't get out of his head. Well, like, it, it's, 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 I think what gets labeled as the paranoia with marijuana is, it's not, I mean, for one, the things that are coming to your I I've found the things that come to my mind when I get stoned. Um, if there's things that come to my mind I don't want to be thinking about, I probably really should be thinking about them for one. Really? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, like murder. No, like you know, like thing, like things, you know, personal things that are sticking out in my you know head that like I don't want to be thinking about. Yeah. That. You know, it's like one of the reasons I think that marijuana is more popular than it is is because when you smoke, you think about your problems, you think about your issues, you think about things. Uh-huh. 
uh, much more, and that seems like such a pothead thing to say, but it literally stimulates your brain and causes you to become very introspective, really look inward Does on yourself. Does it lead yourself. you to take action, or just kind of... It depends like on the person. I mean, for some people, it makes them very content. It makes them to where they can live in a complete pigsty and look at it and be like, yeah, this isn't so bad. And for some people, that could be bad. For some people, that could be really good. That could be what they need. But one thing is, it doesn't make you forget about your problems. It makes you think about your problems from a different angle and think about them more sometimes. And especially when you're new to it, you don't know exactly how to handle it. So then, you know, like something like us smoking three bowls, which was a shitload of weed, and it's really good weed, and I put Keef on top. Like, you know, I mean, it's like, that's a lot for me. And I smoke a lot every day. Okay, but I was already like... I was already fucked up. But, yeah, and, and like, you had, and, like, you know, a lot, plenty of people will be, like, the worst time to get high or do, you know, whatever, any drugs is when you have shit on your mind or had a shitty day. Or when you're... It's not like, drink. it's not like, yeah, yeah. and the medication thing, I'm not even a professional, but I'm sure that, you know, overall, not the best idea, but at the same point with marijuana, you're not going to die from it. It's just, yeah, you're going to have a no. bad, you're going to have a bad podcast or whatever, which I don't think it was a bad no, podcast. Of course not. <laughs> so, but you're going to think you had a bad podcast because you're going to focus on, you're going to be focusing on some faults or some things that aren't, you're not feeling too good yeah, about. Yeah, no, I, I feel a little better. But a lot of people who drink, that's why they aren't into smoking. When you drink, you can, you can, ha- oh, I had a sheet down, I'm going to drink my problems away. That oh, works. Yeah. You forget shit. It's for a for a while. Yeah, it doesn't then you work. wake up and then you're like, "Oh, I'm just hungover. I don't have problems. I'm just hungover." Right, but like what I'm saying is like, in the process of getting drunker and drunker, you don't get more looking inward on yourself. You don't get more thinking about your issues. You forget everything. You become absent-minded. You become a d- drunk idiot. Yeah. Like when you smoke, the more and more you smoke, the more and more you're gonna think, unless you just fall asleep. You know, but like, you know, like for the most part, yeah, you're going to giggle. Yeah, you're going to like have those enjoyable parts. Yeah, you're going to get hungry. But you're also going to get to a point where you're thinking about something, you know, where that was already on your mind or you're looking at something or your your rough day. You're still you're still aware you had a rough day. It's just not your high end. Rough day, rough week, rough month. Yeah, rough. However however you want to feel about it. Like, but like. You know, and the other part, like, which I probably, you know, got a little bit frustrated about was, like, where you're like, yeah, this didn't make everything better. You know, when we were talking about it afterwards, I don't know if you're, but, like... Yeah, I vaguely remember I was, that. I was like, I was like, yeah, there is no magic, like, magic strain that you're going to smoke and then all... That is a TV thing. That is as fake... So, like, this is actually going to help me, I think. Yeah. That, when they show, like, on, like... The Simpsons, for example, there was a Simpsons episode where he smokes, and all of a sudden he's seeing like rainbows. Like Homer, goes, yeah, Homer smokes. Did it have PCP in it? No, it's weed. So Homer smokes weed, and yeah. again, I'm talking about how like, and you know, and he starts shaving, and like then he's bleeding, <laughs> and he's as he's bleeding, he's seeing like rainbows for blood coming out, I'm like that, and then he like gets in his car, and he thinks he's driving his car in the clouds. There's no amount of marijuana you can smoke that's going to make you feel that way. My friend said he hallucinated mermaids once, like on the road. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. By just smoking. By smoking pot. Yeah, it might have been some fucked up stuff or something. Yeah, that's not... I mean, he and I are, like, messed up, so... But, I, yeah, so, but, like, my, my point is that, like, again, like, whatever... It's not that specific example. That's not the... So... <laughs> Like, take any show where they show 
people smoking weed for the most part. And, like, they yeah. turn into these, like, <laughs> like, I guess brainless. Yeah, sure. So, like, anyways, my point has been derailed, but <laughs> never mind. No, yeah, it's, it's just a like cure-all. nothing's secure. No, no, that wasn't my point. Was at point? all? It's okay. Um, <laughs> next subject. Next question. Next subject. You want to hear Wendy's stuff? Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, transfer to Wendy's. Fuck yeah, Wendy. The gift that keeps on giving. This Her is writing a, is fucking. This sharp. is a Wendy's piece. Wendy's, this is Wendy's a original Wendy's piece. A Wendy's original, sponsored by Wendy's. If they want to. They want to. They just don't know it yet. They totally want it. They want it hard. They want it bad. Sorry, I'm scrolling down a little bit to uh, get this hot shit. So I'm going to see uh, the movie Logan tomorrow. Oh god, this looks <coughs> awesome. Yeah, are you intre- Are you a superhero? Fan? I love superheroes. <coughs> Who's your favorite superhero? From- Batman. Done. <coughs> uh, Christopher Nolan, Batman. Okay. Okay, so I, so yeah, let's go. Actually, favorite superhero movie? Which one? Dark Knight. Dark Knight. So yeah. that's every. I think that's a good amount of people. This is a masterpiece. Um, how much of that though do you think is because of Heath Ledger, which kind of makes it not uh, so much a Batman movie and a more strong amount. Yeah, like you take Heath Ledger out of that. Some might argue that he was the protagonist of that film. Yeah, exactly. So like, um, I mean. I think that Heath Ledger performance is one of the best performances of all time in any movie. He destroyed him. Though. And when people and when people say that people like him more because he died, that is such bullshit. I think sometimes that happens where people become like heroes after they die. No, that was a great performance, and it's really unfortunate it killed him yeah, or whatever. Exactly. You know, you know. I mean, he obviously I mean, he probably had, had pre-existing drug issues, but I yeah, think I mean, was... he had a history when he was dating one of the Olsen twins, I think, of yeah. pills, and then. He was his wife at the time he died is Michelle Williams, who was just nominated for an Oscar with Manchester by the Sea. Yeah, yeah. Did you see Manchester by the Sea? I did not. Holy depressing. fucking depressing! You don't need to fucking. See. It's no, horrible. I won't. I won't watch it. Because it's horrible. I don't need stuff that's more depressing. Okay. unless it's a show that I've can already I, invested in, like leftovers. Can, yeah, so you do like leftovers. Um, yeah, can I tell you a spoiler about Manchester? Yeah, I don't give a fuck. All right, spoiler alert. <laughs> so like, it's like seriously, I think one of the most depressing movies. Of like, I've seen maybe ever. I it was it was fine, but like the overall like big twist that they're hiding in the movie is like so Casey Affleck, mm-hmm. um, you know from uh, Good Will Hunting. Did you see Good Will Hunting? Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. so the little guy in the back seat, Ben yeah. Affleck's ben little, yeah. brother. Yeah, yeah. So um, he plays like this this main guy. He's like this alcoholic who has nobody, and all of a sudden his brother has a heart attack dies he has to go back becomes like the act the legal guardian of the 16 year old kid back in back in his hometown like and like everywhere they go like people are like whispering and all this shit and like it's like oh what did this guy do in the past that you know causes everybody to hate him anyways turns out he got really drunk with a bunch of his friends left the furnace on the furnace burned up and lit his house on fire and killed his two daughters and like so this guy's just like it's like and like so it's like Jesus depressing thing Christ, after depressing man. thing after depressing thing and you thing. buy into this character to like I hope he turns his life he did what and, and, at, and at the end of the movie it just kind of like ends 
It yeah. doesn't like end on like a note where it's like, oh, the kid's doing better. He like, becomes a furnace salesman. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't invest in the new furnace company. <laughs> um, but uh, anyways, yeah, M- Michelle Williams, Heath Ledger's um, wife, was like has a scene in there with Casey Affleck that. If you don't watch the movie, you should watch that scene at some point. Just YouTube and yeah. Michelle Williams. It's an amazing scene. But the movie was depressing as fuck. And I don't know why I brought that. Oh, yeah. Going way back here yeah. to Dark Knight. Yeah. So Dark Knight. I remember seeing that like at like midnight at the movie <laughs> theater. Too, yeah. And I don't know about your movie theater, but the movie theater I went to, it was 20 theaters. All 20 were showing it at midnight. Holy there was shit. a line around the block. There was like... We were right outside East Lansing, so it was a ton of college students. Yeah. There was 20 theaters full of people. Really? Yes. That's a goal, you for know, a writing midnight. something that you... For a midnight, a midnight show. It was, God like, damn. incredible. Like, But you're not going to see that except for superheroes. Or if we write the Wendy biopic. Obviously. I mean... Yeah. But I remember... And then we'll get to Wendy's stuff here in a yeah. second. Um, I remember when, like, superhero movies were a complete joke. Like, it's like, yeah. superhero movies used to be, like, what video game movies are now. So, like, when you see, like, an assassin... Like, the Superman movie? I mean, Super Mario movie? That was terrible. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, I mean, think about superhero movies back in, like, the ni- early 90s. Like, mm-hmm. the shitty Batman and Robin movie. Oh, God, with the with, bat nipples? With, yeah, with the bat nipples and the badass cheeks. And, I remember my hamster died, and then we went But Alicia Batman Silverstone didn't have bat nipples. Batgirl didn't have bat nipples. And why? I wanted to see those those clueless bat nipples. I mean, Alicia Silverstone is so hot. She's beautiful. Who was your, like, number one crush growing up uh, celebrity? I I gotta think about this myself. Growing up, number one? Yeah. I mean, it varied time to time. Right. I guess in high school, for me, it was was Tara Reid. So and I, I this is before this is American Pie. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Yeah, Go back very, to American Pie. She was a classic blonde, absolutely beautiful. And um, I'm trying to think who else in high school would be another one of my crushes. Yeah. But Lacey Chabert from Party of Five did for me. She was in Mean Girls as well. Later, okay, yeah, later. yeah. Uh, Mandy Moore. That was another. Oh, one. there you go. There you there, go. Yeah, there you go. See, I'm not a complete freak. Um, <laughs> But uh, anyway, speaking of our crushes, let's hear what uh, our girl Wendy shit. had all to right. say. Sorry this about that. This is called Start Your Engines, all right? Okay, Start Your Engines. Start Your Engines. <laughs> I've always wanted to go to college. I know most girls have a tough time leaving their friends and parents and boyfriend behind, but the only person I talked to every day was my uncle. He took me in three years ago when my mom decided I would get in the way of her new career as a retired circus elephant re- rehabilitator. <laughs> <laughs> She moved to California and I stayed behind with her unmarried brother-in-law He was a shift worker at the local potato chip factory And I only saw him when I was eating my cereal in the morning And he was getting home from the night shift I think he resented me for getting my dad's insurance money When he was killed by a runaway donkey basketball team (laughs) He never wanted me he never wanted me to have to worry about paying for school. He was the only one that really understood my passion for muscle cars and learning how they worked. I missed him every day. Six hours after leaving Boise, I landed in Detroit. It only took a couple more to get my one suitcase and catch a bus to my new home. 
I had rented a furnished basement apartment online for a bargain because the owners were gone a lot on business, and they needed a stable person to house it. It was a four-block walk to campus, and I couldn't wait for tomorrow's registration. My first month went by quickly, and I was loving all my new classes at this small community college. It was an overcast Tuesday night, and I was elbow deep in a 1964 Mustang 4.3-liter Windsor V8, our first hands-on lab, and I was lucky enough to have been chosen to work on this gorgeous two-door fastback. Raw and in her primer, she would go for a professional paint job after we got our motor running. Almost all the other students were off to watch the Wayne State University football game against Grand Valley State. The only other person in the garage were my instructor and his daughter, Gemma. She shared her father's talent and wanted to rebuild classic cars in her own shop someday. I hadn't given my future any serious thought, but since we met three weeks ago, I began to dream of my own place, too. Snapping off a frayed belt, I took the old one to the workbench. Gemma was already there with Mr. Collins, and he had his coat in his arms. That looks like a good place to stop for the night. You two can still catch the late bus to the game, and I promised Big Joe I would stop by the auto supply salvage and pick up his muffler on the way home. Dad, you know I don't like football. I'm just going to stay here and keep working. Mom went to Taco Tuesday with all her work friends, so she won't miss me. I think this is going to lead to eroticism. What do you think? I have no idea where <laughs> Who knows where Wendy is taking us? insane. It's not safe for me to leave you here alone. What if you get hurt? How long have I been working with you? You know, I know what I'm doing, argued Gemma. Tess and I aren't going to get hurt. Okay, but don't run any, run any equipment. And lock the door when you leave. I'll be at Big Joe's pretty late. Okay, Dad, have fun watching the game. She gave him a quick hug and walked over to me at the workbench. Mr. Collins picked up his shoulder bag and shut the door behind him. The radio in the corner finished up playing Night Fever. And then the weather report started as I paged through a parts catalog looking for the replacement oh, serpentine shit. belt number. Sporadic light rain was on the way, but I'm sure it wasn't any, anything that would keep the football game from happening. Abbas, take a chance on me, began to play. Finding the right part number, I jotted it down on a post-it and grabbed the old belt and walked back to the parts rack in the back of the shop. Gemma followed me with a half-eaten peanut butter and honey sandwich in her hand. Usually the belts are on the back wall, but that might be a special order, she said. Yeah, I replied, but it's worth a shot to see if there's one back there. Okay, let me see what number you have. I went to hand her my note, and our fingers brushed against each other. I there looked down is. into her blue eyes. She had frozen just as I had. Never in my life have I felt sparks of electricity run up my arms and down deep into my belly for another person. We must have stayed like that for a long time, because I could hear my heartbeat pounding in my ears, and I saw her breathing speed it up. Speed up. She had felt it too. The post-it fluttered to the floor. She gently took my hand again, and I could feel her fingertips softly moving back and forth on my palm. She stepped right in front of me, and my eyes went to her pale pink lips. I slowly leaned down and pressed mine against hers. A suppressed moan started to form in my throat as her mouth opened and her tongue timidly reached out to lick the inside of my bottom lip. My jaws naturally parted, and her kiss slowly deepened. <laughs> I could feel the slippery insides of her cheeks as her tongue stanced. She quietly moved back a step away from me, and I could still taste the sweet peanut butter flavor she had left behind. Her blue eyes had become darker, and her pale cheeks had a gorgeous, rosy complexion. Her breathing was still very fast as she set down her sandwich on the parts rack behind her, and she pulled off her Cookie Monster t-shirt over her head. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking awesome. 
It's like I'm in the garage. I know, man. I'm right there. Her small round breasts were perfectly topped with tiny erect nipples, and her creamy skin was a stark contrast to my dark hands as I reached out and cupped them. Her nipples hardened more as they slipped up and down between my spread fingers. Leaning forward, I began kissing her again, harder this time, and as her mouths fused together, her hands began rubbing each other's backs. I broke the kiss so I could unbutton my denim jacket, and my white lace camisole quickly followed it to the floor. Gemma reached around and opened my hooks, and my large dark breasts clung to the white lace of my bra cups. She lifted her weight in her hands, and my bra fell on my feet as she started suckling at my left nipple. I leaned my head down as I took hers in my hands and smelled the delicious raspberry scent of her shampoo. Mmm. Not raspberry fan, that's okay. Her hands become bold. You're a Blackberry fan. Her hands become bolder as she twirled her tongue around both nipples in turn, and she peeled down my navy leggings. Her jeans quickly followed, and we lay down in her shed clothes and faded carpet of the storage floor. I went up on my knees and straddled her face as I spread her legs. I could feel her hands on my bottom as she pulled me to her mouth. I started to rub her pubic hair with my fingertips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she opened for me. Jolts of pleasure were coursing through my body as I took my first taste of her. I followed her example as she sucked and penetrated me with first one, then two fingers, in a dizzying rhythmic motion. I was gently thrusting my hips and rocking over her as her moans became louder became louder and more intense, building with the intensity and wetness of her tight pussies. I think I was the first to orgasm, but it could have been her. Seeing as I now had three fingers deep inside her, and I could feel the tight contractions around them as my own juice soaked her hand and tongue. I took a few seconds to catch my breath, and I gently rolled off her hot, sweaty body. I turned and laid next to her, and she wrapped her top arm around me, and we kissed, tasting our combined flavors. We sweetly kissed for a while more as we enjoyed <coughs> each other's fading warmth. Suddenly she began giggling, it was contagious, and we both were smiling and laughing and holding the other. We couldn't stop grinning like idiots as we sat up and put back on our clothes. The note and the old serpentine belt lay forgotten on the floor as she and I turned off the lights and locked the door and left holding each other's hands. That is romantic as fuck. That was outstanding. Goddamn, Wendy. That was a magical ride. I felt like that was visceral. I was in that garage. Yeah, it's it's really... uh... That was really impressive. I can't imagine writing something like that. I, my challenge to you now is to write erotica. <coughs> and put it in your act. Have you written erotica before? I've written erotica. Yeah? Yeah, I read it on a previous episode. Uh, it was Lumberjack erotica. Uh-huh. So it's two lumberjacks. I mean, it was Do you have satirical. anything else you'd be willing to read on here at some point? Erotica or something just that I, I brought with me. Oh, perfect. I, um, this is just a jam-packed did episode bring, of content. Let's see. Let's find oh, out fuck. if you brought it. it with shit. me. Shit. Oh, my God. Andy fuck. forgot something. That fuck never shit. happens. This is why we had to do our <laughs> podcast on an iPhone last time. Oh, wait, no. I, uh, Hold I on. have it. Oh, I, he has it. One second, please. Yeah, I got it somewhere. Oh, you got I a call? A you got phone a call? call? Yeah, it's Super a, professional. It's a phone call from Amber. She knows that there's a podcast going on right now. Nice. Let's see. Um, yeah. Um, I it, can't find my headphones, and she knows if I can't find my headphones, how am I supposed to? Oh, yeah. How am I supposed to answer? Boop, 
I want to know how am I? You like that song? How do I live without you? Oh, we we don't like it. Sorry. I like this. Con Air. It's from Con Air. Yeah. Do you like the movie Con Air? Uh, I do. The Rock. I've probably only seen it like once or twice. Or The Rock. No, I like The Rock. The Again, Rock was I don't fantastic. rewatch a lot of films unless they're comedies. I really like '90s action movies. Hell yeah! In late '80s, like Die Hard. Where men were men and women were men. <laughs> Tell me like that. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'm sorry. You ready for this shit? I don't know. So, if I, am, but I don't we'll think find you are. out. I wrote a piece. This was a short piece uh, a few years ago that I wanted to turn into something longer, but it is so bleak that. And at the time, I wasn't diagnosed with anything, and I was, like, afraid of going deeper into this in this world, and you'll see why. It's about a guy who... Don't tell me anything. Just okay. do it. All right, here we go. Here we go. This is an, this an is Andy found, original. This is an, an Andy a- original. An AO. It's like the AO, like the OA. Great yeah. show. The AO. Go. And this is AO. called... This is a Valentine's Day diary of this character named Dan. Oh, a little bit right. late, but that's fine. That's right. I arise at 1.37 p.m. and eat a vigorous breakfast of cinnamon toast crunch with Sailor Jerry's in place of milk. I also enjoy Captain Crunch berries with vodka. Sometimes if I let the soggy vodka lace berries soak in my mouth long enough until they dissolve like my once fervent optimism, I may even forget just for a moment that I lost my wife, my job, and pretty much my will to live. I had a stable, albeit stagnant job as a supply chain analyst at Procter and Gamble until my wife left me for a 32-year-old black personal trainer and I found out on Facebook. My job performance plummeted, culminating with my unceremonious shit-canning two weeks before Christmas. They didn't even give me a token invite to the company Christmas party, denying me a golden opportunity to drink myself to death on someone else's dime, those fuckers. Now I'm sucking on the soggy unemployment tip at a significant reduction for my former salary the bulk of which goes to alimony, child support, and a portion of the mortgage on the house which my wife now owns. With a paltry remainder of my funds, I cover my core physiological needs. Industrial toilet paper to service both my excretory and cowardly masturbatory functions, and simple microwavable meal substitutes, deeply saturated preservatives, and pay the rent for this shithole apartment, where I attempt in vain to numb myself with lean cuisines and bottom-shelf alcohol. I am woefully, irrevocably divorced. I've been watching an inordinate amount of black-on-white gangbang videos, as you can imagine. Also, cuckold videos. My only complaint with this particular breed of niche porn is that there isn't a split screen of the husband hard at work or otherwise engaged in an earnest activity, like perhaps at an antique store in the country, picking out wicker furniture that would remind his wife of her beloved deceased German grandmother, Bertilda. This would likely increase my ejaculatory PSI ratio by at least 17%, and perhaps even bring me closer to the memory of multi-erection days gone by, but beggars can't be choosers. In place of a hopeless online job search, I watched Never Been Kissed in its entirety. A marvelous film if you pretend you're a terrorist suspect in Guantanamo, and it's playing in the background as you're being relentlessly waterboarded. And you'll tell them what they want to hear if someone will just hurry up and kiss the bitch. Then I ate some cold old Pizza Hut breadsticks I found in the back of my fridge from MLK weekend. Didn't even heat them up, just shoved them in my mouth, 
wash it down with the last dregs of the Sailor Jerry's bottle and popped a Viking in rectally. I used to want to own a sailboat. Sometimes I would even dream about it. I was a captain, Captain Dan, and with my family by my side. And the clouds, if present at all, were always fluffy and symmetrical, and my wife would drink sweet tea as we'd stare into an unfathomably vast horizon, overflowing with possibility, and talk about our future together. Now I'm rapidly expunging every minuscule fiber of remaining hope for my hollow soul, like a jolly homeless savage evacuating his bowels in an empty mall food court. Slathering my dormant, freckled penis with cocoa butter in the shower is the only visceral thrill I am capable of experiencing, on the rare occasion that I bathe, that is. After my candlelit dinner, unseasoned ramen, off-brand bologna, and half a jar of pickles, I built a giant heart out of stale Nella wafers. Then, overcome by the blistering totality of my lonely, troll-like existence, I smashed it to bits with my fists till they turned raw. Momentarily pleased with myself, droplets of unfortunately HIV-negative blood trickling out of my furry knuckles, I took an Instagram of the smashed, bloody Nella crumbs, tossed a sparkly filter on it, then masturbated at the kitchen table toggling between the wafer carnage Instagram and a romantic photo of my ex-wife and her very strong, very black lover, Malik Jones, which I pilfered from her home after installing a keylogger on her computer when I retrieved the last remnants of the shattered life I built with her, a life that I was proud of and treasured despite my bouts of erectile dysfunction and her perpetual cutting disapproval of my floundering career path. I have two visceral recurring dreams every night. In the first, I'm being cuckolded by my wife, her black lover, and the 1992 Dream Team, except for Larry Bird, Chris Mullen, and Christian Lader. Only the black players, and Chuck Daly blowing his whistle and scowling at me, and my wife's wearing their gold medals as they run a ferocious Olympic train on her, while I cut up orange slices for them and watch in mystical, aroused horror. In the second dream... I'm the third child I always hoped I'd have. I wanted another son because I never had a brother growing up. Except I had been burdened with my own adult memories and pangs of immeasurable failure. And regular me, Dan McElsteen, is the near future version of my father. And I'm suddenly aware that everything which once seemed possible to me now was simply an illusion. Though I'm not yet prepared to accept it. I'm fighting it. I have to fight it. And ash falls from the sky. I run out to the mailbox crying. Ash covers the grass like fresh snow. Before long, I know we'll be waiting in it. There is death everywhere. Everything dies, and I know it. I'm just a little kid, but I know it. And my dad is divorced as shit. And running in the mailbox, hoping I'll find something there. I don't know what, a letter? Some decree from a higher power? A mandate to bring my family back together? To stop my mom from giving her sex to that smooth-faced dark man who calls me bro? I'm having trouble running. I keep losing my foothold in the ash. If I fall, I fear I'll sink down, down. And I'm hopeful there's something for me in the mailbox. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping. But there's also dread. And the ash keeps raining down. I get to the mailbox and fling it open. I see me as my father in a dirty robe, watching me in the doorway. I stick my hand in the mailbox and it's filled with ash. I wiggle my hand around, sifting through the ash, afraid it'll suck me in. Then I feel something cold, small, jagged. I pull it out, yank my hand out of the mailbox, slam it shut. I blow the ash off the object in my hand and cough. It's my mom's wedding ring. I close my hand around the ring. 
I'd glance back to see the front door shut. Then I'd lay down in a thick pile of ash in the street and cry. And then I'd wake up. Sometimes the order of the dream is reversed, and I wake up stuck to my pants from the vicarious thrill of my cuckold dreamscape. This is my life every night, and each morning I pray for AIDS to overtake me. And every afternoon, as I begin to feel the full weight of another vexatious day of existence crushing down on me, I slither into the bathroom and part my hairy back with a comb in the mirror, desperately hunting for malignant tumors. I comb it twice a day, still nothing. Once again, my wants and desires are callously dismissed. My hairline recedes like pet perpetual low tide. My testes reduce their output. My virility vacated in mass like American manufacturing jobs. But the bodily decay I long for, the comforting finality of a terminal disease, continues to, call, to elude me. Somewhere inside me, though, lies the faint heartbeat of an old romantic. I used to kiss my pillow as a boy, pretending I was married to girls in the neighborhood. One of them gave me a hand job the day the Challenger exploded. All good things die. My handy was an aberration, an isolated departure from perpetual celibacy, before my wife took extended pity on me. Now that pity, her pathetic mockery of my love, is gone, and I'm that lonely boy once again. No, worse, far worse. I'm a lonely, destitute man with a dial-up internet. I called my daughter to wish her happy Valentine's Day. Actually, I called her 13 times. She never answers. I think she hates me. I hate me. On my final attempt, I left a sobbing message. This is par for the course. I can't help but wonder how many guys she has already slept with. Disturbed by where my despicable mind has taken me, I decided to power through a box of wine. Drink until I can't think thoughts, can't feel feelings. Maybe I'll die. I failed to consume the entire box. Midway through my manic guzzling, I became enraged at the thought of Malik teaching my son how to shave and drive and cuckold an unsuspecting impotent waste of human tissue. So I ripped the wine bladder out of the bag and chucked it against the wall. The resulting wall stain strongly resembled as a hippopotamus devouring its child. This pleases me immensely. I am never painting over it unless huffing enough paint will drop me into a blissful coma, and I don't have health insurance, so my ex will be saddled with the bill and the daunting task of deciding whether or not to pull the plug as my children begin to feel a deep void from my absence and pressure her into bankruptcy just to keep me kind of sort of alive. Yeah, that'll show her. My children don't want me to die, or do they? Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> that was awesome. Thanks, man. How long ago did you write that? That was like, I want to say like four years ago. And I have a bunch of other stuff with it. It's probably like 15 pages now. Um, but, you know, as you can see, it's uh, it's pretty bleak. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's... Well, bleak. I mean, he wants to terminal... Uh, in my mind, it's that's honest, what... Yeah, it's honest, yeah. So, you know, I've... It's honest. I, I definitely want to build on it, but at the same time, it's like how how further into the down the rabbit hole am I willing to go for my art, you know? That's the ultimate question. Yeah, like, is it painful to write that? Like, or is it, uh, what, what does it feel like? This I mean, experience of, like, it was, 
You you say it's bleak, so what's the experience of writing something bleak? I saw it as very honest. Yeah, but, yeah, no, it was... It was honest for where you were, were at the time, or am I just projecting No, I just, I just came up with that. I don't know where I came up with that from. I started with the idea of, like, how shitty would it be to find out your wife is leaving you via Facebook? And then I'm okay. like, okay, this guy's definitely drinking his feelings away. So you're just... What, what were you... Expre- were you expressing it... Like why why you you know where did it come from Yeah, I think fear. I mean, um, I I think just the fear of that happening to me. Like I finally find somebody that I want to be with, and then something like that happens because I didn't measure. Or it. fear of never finding somebody. Yeah, and then the fear that when you finally do, it's not the right person. Yeah, type but of that was the that would be more fear. from her 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 angle. If he right. thinks it's the right person. And slowly over the course of the story, begins to realize that, wait, maybe she wasn't the right person for him. Could you see yourself making, like, a continuing, like, another, like, writing, continuing this story? Oh, yeah, no, I have, like, 15, 20 pages of it, Mm -hmm. and it would be a novel, but, you know... I I think we should read another one next time. Yeah, another passage of that? Yeah, so was that the introduction, the opening? Uh, no, it initially was. And then I added some stuff where you find out a little earlier that... Oh, so you wrote like a prequel, almost. Well, I got like probably five to ten pages on either side of that exchange. Does this guy have a name? Dan. I don't have a... I guess I'm calling him Dan Mapplestein. Do you have like an overall name for the anthology? I don't. I don't have an overall name for it. So when I send... I've sent it to a few friends, and I just write it as Divorce Dan, but... One one title I thought of, but I don't think this is very marketable. Is is I cuckold? You know, like I Claudius. No, I don't. Explain yeah, a little cool. bit. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's one. That's like a working title. I cuckold. It's about a cuckold who becomes just obsessed with his what happened with his so, ex-wife. And, obsessed with being domestic. Demasculated. Yeah, is emasculated. It's not demasculated. Yeah, so he's watching black on white porn. He's watching Mendingo. Oh, hey, yeah, he's going through Mendingo. Mendingo high rules. Mendingo high debate team rules. Fuck you, Western Falls. Fuck you. He becomes obsessed with urban culture, thinking that that was remotely a factor in her leaving him. So there's like a little bit, like there's a twinge of like um, social commentary to it. Yeah, too in a way. It's like, hmm. And just the callousness of leaving people digitally before you... Like, you're with somebody 22 years and you just vanish digitally first before... Even before his stuff is out on the yard. It's amazing how much... I mean, I can only speak from my own experience, but how much you can drive yourself crazy through the different social medias. Oh, I've done that. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous. You know, everything from when you... Like, go home and, like, you text somebody and you're like, hey, you know, like, it's like you're you're never home. So, like, you go home and, yeah, I'm talk- speaking about myself. I'm not going to act like I'm speaking about some hypothetical. <laughs> some Western um, High nerd. Yeah, so, like, some Western High nerd. Nerds, so, Western High for nerds. So, anyways, I'm back in Mendingo Falls, home, yeah. hometown. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it's like I get a hold of one of my older buddies. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm like, Hey, let's go grab, you know, a drink, whatever. Um, back for a few days, you know, I'm talking about doing beforehand before I get back. He's like, Oh yeah, sure. Get back, text him. You know, it's the old 
what most of, almost everybody except very few people other besides my mom who I text and I expect to text back from pretty quickly. Most yeah. of the time, for some reason, I do not, even though every time I'm with people and everybody I look at is always on their phone, it's somehow it's, it, it's, it's a little bit annoying to me, yeah, but like, it like, and I think it's, I really do think like we're zombies to it, but like oh, yeah. my point is that, you know, they're getting my text. They're seeing my text. So my texts are one of the texts that I think a lot of people, when they get it, they just like, I'll get to it in a second or something. I'm not an, you know, while like with me, like I instantly respond to just I about everybody. I just think it's considerate. And also it's like, I'm on my phone. So I'm going to, yeah, yeah. It's like, no, I'm going to put this thing away. Yeah. But, um, so, so I texted, high, high into yeah. The ether. Yeah. So I texted, you know, my buddy and then it's the old familiar, 85% of my text waiting game Yeah. afterwards and I'm waiting and then finally I get a text like a couple hours later you said sorry I was eating so like you're eating for three hours I apologize for my meal he's like sorry I was, <laughs> he's like sorry I was eating that's why I didn't text you I'm like okay that's a lie yeah. like in three hours later whatever I'm like what are you up to tonight he's like oh uh, I think I've got to hang out you know I've got to go with my mom so you know help my mom with something because you know I'm like okay whatever then I you know so I get onto Snapchat and I'm like looking at Snapchat stories and sorry this isn't the most exciting story but like I go through and then all of a sudden I get to my buddy Snapchat and he's at the bar with a bunch of my friends from high school who I would have liked to see being home who also were aware I was home and didn't care to reach yeah. out to me yeah. and then they all were at the bar somewhere where there's no reason I couldn't go I'm you know so um, you Did know, you no, I didn't get invited. So like, but like my point is I drove myself crazy through the social media. Mm-hmm. I've driven myself crazy through it plenty of times. You know, Snapchat's just really creepy in general. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't really use that. Y- you can send messages and then see when the person opens them. So like, yeah. you know, it's not like even, it's even worse than a text message. So I'll send a message and then either a I'll see the person open it and then not respond. I'll be like, oh yeah, god, no, they what, opened what it. I miss or is B, I or B. Oh wow, they're not going to open you it. You make a connection and then you let it breathe a bit. Yeah, I've never had. I mean, I guess I've always had at least texting. I've since I've become more aware of my challenges and everything like that. I've been more open, but at the same time, it's like I'm more apt to turn people off because I'm like. I don't mean to, but I want to talk about problems and stuff like that. And most everyone is like living their life now, and you're sometimes you're just not a part of it anymore. You're not as big of a part. And that's if you're if you naturally tend towards uh, any type of mood disorder, like that's going to hurt you more than other people. Yeah, until say. you find the right type, you have to definitely you know find a much more understanding type of person. I think. Yeah, and it's, or a different it's, kind of understanding. It takes some energy that. You know, ironically, like you sometimes you just don't have, and you have to power through that. It's it's challenging. Do you think it's like almost like you need to find someone else who's depressed? I don't know. What do you think? I I mean, I think opposites attract and to extent, but I mean, we'll take a friend of mine who like believes that your attitude is completely like, up to you. <laughs> yeah. And you can't be with somebody like that. No, that is and, no, cause and that is what it, are, that, they're going to get frustrated with you eventually. They're not going to understand no. what you really what's really going on and they yeah. they're not going to believe it, they're not going to accept it. Um so and that would be quote unquote your opposite. So 
I think, you know, in general, you know, like everything, it's a spectrum. But I think that, you know, kind of people who've had some issues kind of do have to be with someone else who's had some issues. Yeah. It just, I don't think it makes sense or works otherwise. No, because you can be like, how do you take your medicine? Like, how how's your therapy going? You don't, you don't have to necessarily be medicated or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, you know, but like, they have to like really understand it's like, it's like you're having a bad day. What do you mean? Nothing's wrong, though. Nothing. You 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 know, like you you're you know, it's nice out, and uh-huh. we we're going to the game this week. Why are you mad today? What did I do? Yeah. Like why? What is wrong with you? No, it's just a bad day. It's one of those days I can't control. I'm like my brain chemistry. So had some like depression issues. like content. I don't know why. Like you know, like because like if you live with someone, and you have depression. It's going to constantly come up. As an issue, if they don't understand it, especially, yeah, yeah. and if they don't respect it, or if they don't respect, you know, and like believe it. So, um, anyways, uh, I don't know where I was really going with any of that, but uh, like you know, just overall, the whole social media thing is terrible for mental your mental health. Oh and, no, it destroyed me, man. And I got, like, I you got know, catfish like, when I was younger. So I, I experienced cyberbullying. Catfish. I, I remember, yeah, catfish. That's uh, fine. I've, I've, and then, but, but because I was already addicted to social media when I was younger, and this is before it was advanced and pervasive, so, like, imagine how bad it is now. Yeah. Um, I just, oh, I was already having issues with it. It's hard to unplug entirely from a virtual world. Yeah, for sure. These days, it's you can't. I mean, I so I I was one of those guys, and I got rid of my Facebook for like about a month because of a because of a female. Yeah, I got rid. Of, I just couldn't like because there was a period of time where you know, not to really get into it too much, but I was uh, sending texts, trying to call, trying to reach out to somebody who I had been in contact with quite a bit, yeah. and uh, she had decided. Or she was, you know, some things were going on or, you know, whatever. But for some circumstances, I'm not going to really get into. Wasn't hearing from her. And then I would, you know, I would start driving myself crazy because I'd see her occasionally post on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And then I, I was just like, you know, I can't do this anymore. I can't, you know, like, so I got rid of my Facebook for a little while and it was really, really nice. It was interesting because at first I would go to my phone and go to the Facebook. Yeah, I got rid of my app. And like I kept going for a while. Yeah. Like for like three days I would go like 10 to 12 times (laughs) a day and do it. And it was like just doing it just out of habit. But like after a while I really enjoyed not looking at it. I noticed myself like... Cause like that was that's like my number one time waster for me is I, is I just scroll through up and down through Facebook, well, especially about, like, when I was obsessing about this person. What when I do was. you do that with like Tinder or Cupid or Bumble now? Um, no, not really. Wow, that's impressive, man. But but you like to stay busy, right, with your job and doing this now and preparing to do stand up and sports watching. And well, I mean, you know, I, 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 I like to not stay busy actually. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I like to do things I really like, enjoy doing. Um, stand up definitely is something I'm looking to pursue now. Just like based on my job, I'm done by about 3 PM every day. Yeah. Not many people can say that, but I am. So I can come home, smoke, eat some food, relax, take a nap, 
go to sleep, whatever, and then head out to a comedy club at 10 o'clock. Yeah. Be out there till 2 in the morning. I mean, and grind. this is the time. And, try it. and I'm single at this point, you know, and like, you know, it's like I don't have a family. I don't have debt. I can't, not many people can say that, but I can, you know. And yeah. I have a job that does pay pretty well, and I live in a place where my landlord forgets to cash my rent checks half the time. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's nicer, too. I like it. It's good enough. I mean, Studio G, baby. Yeah, I like Street. I enjoy Studio G. It's a nice location. You can see the Capitol right outside there. There's a nice, you know, dive bar trustees down the street who's going to sponsor us at some point, I'm sure. Yeah, we need, Um, uh, we're still looking. We're still looking for sponsors. If anybody wants to sponsor us. Yeah, sponsor. If you're listening, I mean, you know. Tweet us at Degenerate Show. Especially MeUndies. I would love MeUndies to sponsor us. Modal. I'm a big fan. Um, You know about Modal? Modal. What, what about Midal, what? though? What you know about some Midal? Oh, I'm feeling rather bloated. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we'll, we'll do it. I'll eat Midal. Yeah, have I told you... Um, Does it come in gummy form? Have I ever told you the story of the first time I had to buy a tampon? For yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Okay. I told that? Yeah, you got extra flow or whatever? I got super plus. Super plus. Yeah. For the wide set vaginas. Wide set, heavy flow vaginas. <laughs> Turns out that's not a compliment when you get a girl super plus. You might as well get him a garbage bag at that point. She she was on, she was on the verge of tears. I couldn't believe it. I mean, um, I felt I didn't mean to insult her. It'd be like I guess it'd be like her getting me like really small condoms. By the way, have you ever used like? Okay, I have used like these like supposed bearskin condoms before, where it's like. Basically, it's right on your dick, and it was so tight. I thought it was gonna split my dick skin open. <laughs> I don't know if I got a bad one or what. It's not like, or if like you just have to have a tiny dick for it to work. And yeah. I don't, I'm not trying to even brag because I'm like yeah. I'm not, but like, oh my god! So like, and so I'm like fucking with this condom that's too tight on, and it really it's was hurting. Uh, so yeah, and then like after I bust, yeah, it was like it really did almost like explode when I busted. Yeah, and it, you know it was like very very not in- not enjoyable the whole time. Not that having sex with a condom on is ever that enjoyable, no, of anyways. No, it's and, so it's much- a lot harder to connect emotionally with those. It's so much worse. The whole process is very unromantic process. Yeah, you're like right. I'm hard. Okay, put on it. Yeah. It's like oh oh oh, it's the right way. I rolled it the wrong way again. Give me hard again. I got a, I got another one. No, I don't have another one. Yeah, here, blow, Why didn't you buy more? Cause blow, I, blow me with the condom on. No. <laughs> like, have you ever, I, yeah, I got like, one with a condom it's on. It's horrible. It's I was visiting awful. my cousin in college. and Go on. Yeah, and she, this girl just like blows me with a condom. And I'm so meek that I just be like, okay. And I want to be like, yeah. I haven't even had sex before. Do exactly. you want to just like... Just blow me, blow me. Yeah, exactly. Like, can I just have some real... Yeah, like, or do you want... Like, just have sex with... Me. I, I'm wearing a condom. Just have sex with me. Like, that's not even well, sex... You know, sex would... with a condom should be called something else. Yeah. What huh? should, let's come up with the name. Like, snowballing. <laughs> with, like, what should the term be for sex with a condom? Second on? place. <laughs> Think about that, but just uh, bag ball. You know, just, you're just playing. You're playing a game. Just man. not. It's not ball. sex. No. It's not sex. Sex without a condom is sex. When you can just like 
where you can physically feel each other and you get like even like what Wendy was talking about in her erotica, which was excellent by that the way. That was fucking awesome. Um like the contraction thing, like yeah, it's like yeah. when when like it's like when you like when you can seriously feel it's like I can tell how turned on you are, I could feel it as you you know, it was like happening. When you're talking about that with your partner, when you're yeah. really connected, that's like some Shit that you can't have with a condom on. No, I like, I think I've had it like maybe once where I was just like, "This is powerful." Once, like, well, twice, but with the same person. Once where I really felt like really like that was a glorious experience. The rest of the time, the handful of you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, and there's, and I, I think that's one, well, I was like this is I understand the point of this more. Yeah. But like it's just it's just a way different experience. Sex without a condom. What should it be called? Yeah, um, I mean besides just like second place or Western high sex. Western high sex. <laughs> Mandingo don't be wearing no condoms. No, Mandingo does not. Fuck Do you that think there'd shit. be a condom that he he'd have to use like a newspaper bag? Do you know for like for I know for what a while it? in. Like California, sorry that I knocked the mic over. Oh, okay, um, you know, for a while in California, they were trying to pass a law where all porn had to have condoms. Like they had to wear condoms. And for there's it. the Mandingo then, corollary to that law. The Mandingo's like, like, "Fuck that you're shit!" You gonna put my career up, motherfucker? Man. Gonna put my career? Oh, man, my yeah. black voice is terrible. <laughs> yeah. My best friend used to be black. Mandingo actually went to Yale. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> Magna cum laude. <laughs> Magna cum laude. <laughs> much better. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, how much would that, that... I know you're not a big porn watcher anymore, but... Yeah. Like, porn with... Uh, if you watch and they're wearing a condom, I'm immediately changing it to the next scene. Unless yeah. it's, like, a really hot chick, but usually I'm just going to be like, ah, I'm going to... Watch the chick who, you know, is going to pretend that he doesn't know these, but, uh... Yeah, because on some level, you're, on some remote level, you're watching for the dicks. I mean, it's not, it's saying? not you're watching... Well, you don't watch... I don't watch a lot of porn where it's ugly dudes. <laughs> they have to be hot. I don't want them to be ugly. You I don't, don't think the I king think... of queens of porn where... I've never... Guys, I like, guess, oh, I guess I'll say, like, the Ron Jeremy thing never appealed to me, even though I'm closer to looking like a Ron Jeremy than a <laughs> Mandingo. You just played... I don't want to see Mandingo either. No offense, Mandingo. But oh, no. We I, saw the Google images and that was fucking funny. Yeah, thank you, Amber. Um, 14 inches or 12 inches or just, something. Like, literally a baby's arm holding an apple. It's horrific. Like, just, just not... not like, that's not intimidating to me as, like, oh, I'm small, because that guy is a freak of nature. Yeah, that's... And it's great. And, Mandingo, we want you on the show. Yeah. I want to know what it's like to wield we such will, a widow-maker. We'll the interview the fuck out of you. Yeah, you, we'll, we'll talk about everything. Your childhood. Yeah, we'll talk about your adulthood. Your favorite boxcar children novel. Your neighborhood. Your, your favorite hoodie. How much you've... What's the most you've ever come? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the most I've ever come. Uh, I've had some mounds uh, or mounds. I don't even mounds, know. Mounds, mounds. Or I mounds. I did notice mounds. for a while. I used to eat a lot of walnuts. Yeah. And oh my god, I created the most frothy loads I'd ever had. Walnut loads. Just enormous. It turned out the I think it's the vitamin E in walnuts. 
Oh, I got to slather some Makes vitamin you. E on myself yeah. when I'm beating it in the shower. So you ever yeah. beat in the shower and you get the dry, stringy shit afterwards? No, I need a little more friction. The masturbating in the shower? Yeah, like it's too like lubricated. Shampoo. Yeah. It's too slippery. And it's like you're constantly having to like turn your back to avoid the like water so it doesn't erode you know, a little yeah, bit you know, of soap. Nobody wants that. No, thanks. It, I've never been a shower guy. Do you shower facing the water? I, sh- I shower backwards. I shower backwards. Really? Are we just backwards guys? And no, I'm pretty sure most. I'm pretty least? sure. I had this conversation a little while ago with some people, and it turns out I think most people shower. I don't find it enjoyable getting hit on the chest and getting it splashed into my no, face. No, but I've always worried I was like this submissive showerer. I mean, I we may. I'm not fun. the best. I'm not the best one to ask. We're both right fucked up <laughs> um but uh yeah i i shower i mean the back my back shoulder blades have to be clean as fuck like because like those get the most water on them your shoulders yep you get like dry shoulders no i'm just saying i stand with my back to the shower yeah so you gotta wash those dry shoulders off man get the yeah my, so I, you you got a go-to joke uh for your performance that you like to share before we roll out? Uh, no, I'm not. I don't want to share any of my jokes or anything yeah. like that. And uh, it's not like one of these. I'm not. For me, I. I uh, it's a little bit more of an observational with some humor mixed in there. Yeah. Um, I'm not exactly. I don't exactly like tell like one-liners or things like that. Yeah. I go off on. I'm. I'm so far going off on pretty mundane subjects and just giving a very non-mundane look at them. Yeah. Um, you know, just, uh, I'm trying to be a little bit relatable, okay. you know, but like, um, you know, I have like, I have like one, like, you know, that revolves around my hate of the term ice cold water. I okay. really hate that term. Okay. And I think it's, you know, so I really go into that and, uh, you know, I kind of branch off and be like, yeah, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes some things kind of get to me, you know, yeah. and uh, I need, really need to relax, but, you know, and then I go off on a tangent about that a little bit, because <laughs> um, it really is, think about the term, ice cold water. If it's yeah. ice cold water, know what it is? Ice. Yeah, it is. It it's, is. it's water. It's not like, you can say, I guess if you want, you can say ice cold Coke, because... Like Coke isn't completely water, so it has to be a little colder than. It does, yeah. But ice cold water, it's water means it's ice. Yeah, you, you can have ice chilled water. That's what they should be saying. You want some ice chilled water? But someone would look at you like you're. Anyway, so like yeah. I go off on. Yeah. That's like you know. Cool man. Um, and I just need to learn how to not get too excited because when the crowd got really happy a couple of times, that they did, I got way too excited, and then they're like, ooh. Like Who's this guy? This guy's weird. Yeah, I mean, they backed off. They saw it. They, Did like, you borrow some on my manic side in that moment? No, I think I need some of the opposite. Yeah, yeah. I think your style is more like, hey, just draw. I'm, I don't know. I'll figure, I'm figuring yeah, out my yeah, style as I go. Yeah, any writer or performer has to figure out their style before they really... But yeah, I definitely like it. I'm looking forward to tonight. I'm going to okay. fuck some shit up. Yeah, man, I got... I'm excited uh, about, um, you know... You're excited, excited about, about Japanese eggs? I'm excited about Japanese eggs. I'm excited about snowballing. I'm excited about... Just excited about life. Life is pretty, That's you know, good, crazy man. at times. Um, it is. It's, it up, is. it's got its ups and downs, but uh, you figure out the people who really get, are in your corner and... Uh, and you, start and to, you try to stay in their corners. Yeah, exactly. Possible. Absolutely. I got, I got two closing... Uh, 
Closing okay. time. Besides the short two-liner Japanese eggs, please spread your legs. Okay. And these are two more Andy Originals, the AO. AO. Okay. I'm crass and manipulative, and I smell like soda farts, but you love me anyway. Low self-esteem is a great equalizer. Okay, and this one <laughs> got me in trouble at Temp Shop when they found this. Okay, this Your this most recent Temp Shop? Yeah. This one, yeah. Okay. All right, it's called... I don't have a title for this. All right. No, a man can't sit and take a shit without staring at his phone. Poop flows, butthole won't fight as he swipes right, looking for someone to bone. Hmm. Is that a haiku? Uh, no, it's just... Oh, I thought yeah, that. it was like seven lines. I what just think it? in poetry sometimes. Yeah, oh, this is the that beat, was that beat. was that was rad, dude. Was that rad? Did you like that? Did you like what I did? With I the dig. Poop? I dig your d- digging. The poop and the tinder in and the. I get it. It's like society is tinder. Yeah, man. And your shit. Yeah. It's shit. And your shit is shit, and you can eat shit, and yeah. we all eat shit. And that poetry was shit, so... Exactly. Yeah, alright, bye. Bye, Felicia.